0: The Lightning Round.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome.
0: Well, hello, and welcome to the Dave Kirshner Lightning Round Podcast. It is episode 60. Uh, tonight, So you know I'm recording this. I I put them out on Wednesdays and Saturdays, Uh, so I'm recording it Tuesday night. I found an empty house. I was going to record it tomorrow morning because my schedule is light every other Wednesday morning. But my wife and daughter are going to go talk to one of the colleges she got into. They have a kind of a meet and greet thing for kids in the region. Uh, So they're going to be gone tonight. And it is Joe Biden on every channel for the State of the Union. And I I don't honestly know what that dude's going to tout. The State of the Union. You screwed up Afghanistan. Ukraine's in shambles. You've opened up all of the borders. Inflation's at its highest it's been in over 40 years. Your approval rating is lower than Trump's. What could this guy say that is going to be uplifting? I'll tell you what it's going to be. It's going to be fiction. But I'm going to watch it. (laughs) I would say I'm going to watch it with an open mind, but that's not true. I'm going to watch it, and I'm going to ham and haw the whole time. There might be a few four-letter epitaphs thrown at the TV screen for good measure. And we'll talk about that on the Saturday episode, episode 61. But for episode 60, uh, I'm going to review uh, some stuff. It's actually uh, Survival Summit. It's a website, and uh, they basically have a a production company. And they put out videos and DVDs. They put out YouTube uh, videos. They've... Now, parsed some of those YouTube videos and put them up on social media, which is where I found this, was on, uh, was on TikTok. And I reached out to them, and they said, no, by all means, go ahead and, and, and review them. Uh, but, you know, they just want to make sure that I clearly mention, I didn't create this content. This was put out by Survival Summit Productions. And I thought it would be interesting to see kind of what they're saying. Versus things that I have read about, uh, when it came to EMPs, uh, and what I wrote about in, in, EMPs. Uh, and speaking of writing, I have been exchanging emails with, uh, the narrator, uh, Dan. And, uh, Dan Carroll is the, the narrator for my book series for the audio format. Uh, he's now all moved into his new house that I guess they built uh, he he fled Canada. <laughs> Smart move. Um, but he was in a condo for a while, and and uh, but now he's got his his studio set back up. So he is uh, getting ready to start the recording for part five, which is the final installment for the Foreign and Domestic series. Um, I do still have um, freebie codes if anybody wants the audio versions, uh, for free. You can listen to those on your, on your way to and from work or on a road trip or whatever, you know, or just sit on the couch and listen to them. I got freebie codes, man. So just hit me up and, uh, you can go and send me an email directly at DJK publishing house at gmail.com. And I put it up on the screen for those of you that are watching the video. Um, or you can use the contact me page on, on my website. And speaking of the website, uh, there are I've been putting up the show notes as promised. Um, so if you go into uh, davidjkirshner.com and you go to the blog, uh, I've got the, the show notes in there for episode 58, which was um, my review of Sean Mitzel's Uh, Seven Steps to Preparedness, Resiliency, and Self-Sufficiency. These were were my cliff notes, Um, but I also provided a link to my research downloads page so you can get his whole paper uh, and read all of his words, because I just kind of kept it at a high level. Um, But episode 56 show notes are there with the dry canning method, uh, the best states to outlive a food crisis, and... A DIY dental kit for shtf and then prior to that was episode uh, 53 show notes um, and so that includes uh, the 18 vintage homesteading tools to search for at garage sales that was a list we reviewed um, also the 23 medicinal plants Native Americans used on a daily basis um, And it also includes episode 26 show notes, which is where I reviewed the Tesla Powerwall versus uh, Enphase and Generac. Um, So uh, don't forget to check out these other sources uh, to get the list, Um, particularly if you're only listening to the audio. um, You don't get to see what I'm putting up on the screen, which is basically these lists. I just... Put them all together and i put them up on the blog um so feel free to go in and, and take a look at those so that's all my updates for right now uh so let's take a look at the uh the first it's a, basically they took a youtube video survival summit productions put out this video it's about oh on youtube it's 18 minutes and 55 seconds full runtime. So what they did is they took it and they parsed it up into little three minute videos up on TikTok. So those are the ones that I downloaded. So they're easier to kind of digest. We can watch three minutes and then I'll point out basically what they're saying and and kind of give it to you um, from my perspective and, and what I am pulling from their material. Okay. But before we get to the videos, I just want to kind of read what I wrote. And so that you have a good understanding. And people, they think they kind of maybe know what an EMP might do. Um, It was actually discovered by accident when we were testing uh, nuclear weapons uh, during the 50s and 60s. And they've they've done tests for EMPs and, and they've looked at different ways to try and replicate an EMP without actually detonating a nuclear device. So uh, much of what we know about an EMP is based off of that. And I'm a bit of a research hound, so I kind of started connecting all of the various pieces of research together, and I wove it into a narrative in my, in my book series. And what I'm actually going to read to you is from uh, By the Dawn's Early Light. It's part three of uh, five. And if you have a paper copy of this, I'm, I'm reading directly from uh, page 36, uh, 37, and a little bit of uh, 38. So it's not all of it, obviously. but uh, So from 5.28 a.m. to 5.32 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, the continental United States was awash in the aurora borealis green, red, purple, blue, and yellow waves of light danced across the sky from the outer banks of North Carolina to the shores of the Pacific. While the bulk of America and her citizens slept, all of the mass transit systems, long-haul truckers, and cars of various make and models slowly came to a stop. If it didn't have a carburetor, plugs, and wires, the vehicle became a glorified, and more often than not, a very expensive paperweight. Hydroelectric dams, nuclear reactors, as well as water and sewer pumping and treatment stations across the U.S. ground to a halt. Some did so gracefully, but a handful did not. Reliable electrical and water sources blinked out of existence. The Internet, smartphones, and advanced computer systems were a thing of the past. The two million residents of Manhattan were stranded on an island. Fortunately, they had the capability to walk to the outer boroughs on a half dozen bridges. The timing of the attacks spared hundreds of thousands of airborne travelers in the U.S. as many flights had not taken off due to the early morning hour of the attack. Had the detonations occurred during peak flight operations, the death toll from the passengers and the people on the ground quickly and easily would have reached six digits in a matter of minutes. Life saving operations currently underway ended in darkness as backup generators failed to initiate their startup protocols. Patients depended on machines to live almost immediately coded and died. Anyone with an older style style pacemaker simply didn't wake up. Several million people in the care of hospitals and convalescent homes never had a chance to see the dawn of a new day. Those that were hospitalized but required round-the-clock monitoring would only last as long as their medications held out. After that, millions met their end painfully. The Prozac Nation would descend into chaos and mayhem as soon as the antidepressant and antipsychotic meds were exhausted. So, that's what we think it'll be like. I think it's fairly accurate. It, it aligns with just about everything that I've read and, and in terms of research, not fiction. But, um, you know, so nobody's ever used one. As a form of a terrorist attack, and uh, it, partly because it's so difficult to achieve, you need an actual nuclear device. Uh, you can have dirty bombs, localized EMP-type devices, but to do what I described, you actually need uh, some serious hardware. That's why only a few countries in the world could actually pull it off. So, all right, let's get to let's get to part.
1: Uh, one here. One of the ways we can lose the electric grid is by an EMP attack, which is what this short video will discuss You'll notice my Jeep loses power and I coast off to the side of the road as well as another traveler that is coming towards me Even if only half our modern cars were affected by an EMP That is still going to cause an incredible amount of accidents and disabled vehicles blocking traffic especially in the inner city locations If you did still have a running vehicle, you'll likely get boxed in at some point and be forced to abandon it. Be prepared to walk home and bug out on foot. You'll notice that one of the first things I do after my Jeep died was check my phone. The chances of both vehicles dying at the same time and my phone not functioning was overwhelming evidence that we likely experienced an EMP attack. This is not the time to freak out. You need to stay calm and keep your wits about you. You'll likely have other loved ones depending on you to get home and help them along to your survival retreat location, so stay focused. The first thing I do is rummage through my glove compartment and center console to see if there's anything there I'm going to need down the road. You'll see I grabbed my spare magazine for my pistol and found a spare flashlight as well as a few other miscellaneous items that may come in useful down the road. It's important that you have a get home bag in your vehicle in case you are forced to walk home on foot. Not just for an EMP attack, but there are lots of scenarios like a natural disaster of some type where you can get stranded somewhere and need some basic survival supplies to get home or help get you out of Dodge.
0: Okay. So that was short and sweet. I think it was uh I was about a minute and a half. Alright, but not too bad. So what did they tell you? Alright? This is what This is what you need to do with any piece of information that anybody ever gives you is, is, is break it down into exactly what they have said that can be a benefit to you. So the first thing that he said, okay, so you need to be able to identify the issue. All right. So in his scenario, he was on a rural country road. There's two cars coming toward each other. Both of them lose power at the same time. They're able to keep their vehicles under control and put both vehicles on the shoulder. That is the safest way that anybody is possibly ever going to experience an EMP while in a motorized vehicle that is in movement, that is in motion. If you're on an airplane, you're dead. There's no two ways about it. Okay. Okay. Having a a vehicle repair bag, which everybody should have, is not going to do you any good in this instance because you have to basically replace all of the electronics in your car. And you need specialized tools and you're going to need a lot of time. So your best bet is in addition to having your uh, vehicle breakdown bag or kit, they pointed out correctly. So you need to have a get home bag. I keep one in my car. And if I ever find the bastard that broke into my car in downtown Columbus and took my get home bag, I'm going to beat him severely about the head and shoulders. Cause I had to go get a whole new bag and I got it. There was a lot of stuff in there that was not, uh, inexpensive and it was not fun to, to replace that. So, um, the first thing you need to be able to do is identify the issue, okay? So if your cell phone doesn't work, you see other vehicles breaking down at the exact same time, you all did not hit roofing tacks, okay? If the cell phone doesn't work, the vehicle breaks down, you can pretty much rest assured you've you've uh, been, the country's been struck by an EMP. And I would also say look to the sky because you're gonna start seeing airplanes that were at 30,000 feet start crashing. And that'll be, <laughs> that'll definitely tell you that, that is what happened. And then once you identify the issue, uh, if, if you have a vehicle that's still running, and in this case, he's in a rural location, you could keep on going and get home. You might not realize that an EMP has happened. If it doesn't affect your vehicle, you might not know it until you get home. But in this instance, he recognized it for what it was. And then it's okay. I've got my get home bag. Let me inventory all of the loose items that are in my car. That could be water bottles, that could be a power bar, a granola bar, you know, a half-eaten bag of Cheerios that your kid left in the back seat. Grab it all because depending on how far away you are from home, that sustenance might help get you home, okay? Um, So that's why it's important to inventory everything that's in your car before you walk away and get it into your pack. All right, let's go look at part two.
1: You want this bag to be as lean and mean as possible. I know a lot of people whose get home bag looks more like a lone wolf pack with everything in the kitchen sink in it. If you have a normal commute to work and you can walk home in less than a day, there's no need to carry all that weight home with you. One of the most important things to keep in your vehicle though is a jug of water. I also highly recommend having a camelback bladder in your pack as opposed to regular canteens or water bottles which makes it a lot easier to stay hydrated on your walk home. If you do end up dehydrated by the time you walk through the front door to your house, you're going to be hating life the next day as you are forced to head out on your long walk to your bug out location. Starting your bug out dehydrated is seriously going to compromise your ability to stay motivated, function at peak efficiency, all while staying focused on your surroundings. Another very important item is proper footwear. The last thing you'll want to do is walk home in an uncomfortable pair of shoes. Keep a pair of sneakers in your car during the summer and a pair of comfortable snow boots for the winter. Along with proper footwear, it's important to have a waterproof jacket or coat appropriate for whatever time of year you're currently in. Make sure you also have the five core bug out bag essentials that I discuss in the DVD. You'll need a water purification kit, a fire kit, a knife of some sort, a flashlight, as well as an MRE or two and some snacks to keep your energy up.
0: Okay. So that was part two. Good information in there. Um, didn't really apply to what I have written because the people, uh, the main characters knew that the EMP was coming. So they had Faraday cages and, and things like that to kind of store their, their comms and their equipment so that they would be, uh, usable, salvageable. And, uh, so it didn't really apply to what I wrote, but they included some very good information. Uh, namely, uh, it, they gave you a kind of a, a, a quick list of things that you would want in your uh, get home bag. Now for me, obviously I was only five miles away at at my office. If this were to happen while I was working outside of the home pre COVID, I could get home in three hours if i took my time but one of the key things that he that he mentioned was when you're when you're on your walk home you need to keep your your energy up so that means snacks that means water but one of the things that have you ever noticed that when you have a long car drive and you've been in heavy traffic and you get to that final destination, and you are just utterly spent. You are exhausted. That's what he's talking about. That that feeling of just sheer exhaustion because you're constantly keeping your head on a swivel because in an EMP, maybe not right away, but in an EMP, pretty much everybody you come into contact with can be a potential threat. Now, obviously, not right away. People are still... Uh, confused they don't know what's going on but after two or three days word starts to spread people that know what happened and have read the signs so to speak to say oh well your phone doesn't work your power is out you don't have any gas or water being fed to your house because the pumping stations are down this sounds like an EMP and then that little bit of information will spread like wire wildfire and then everybody is a threat I had a scene In the book, so uh, they, the the all the characters are together, the EMP happens, and then they say, okay, we need to go get extended family that have been stranded in these other places. We need to go get all of our, you know, whatever. It was gear and supplies in one place, and it was a family member in another, and it was more uh, gear and supplies in another place. Because they were already at their bug-out location, but things were dispersed, so... One of the things that I mentioned is that as they're going from A to B, they see the traffic jams on the outer limits of the of the city proper. As they get closer and closer to the city, there's more and more cars. The road becomes more congested, and one one of my characters actually says, "All right, switching lanes." You know, they've got um, they've got radios, and, and so they communicate to the car to the trucks behind them. I'm changing lanes. I got broken down vehicles on the right shoulder. So they're trying to put more distance between them and the broken down vehicles because they don't know what threats are in those vehicles or hiding behind those vehicles. If somebody's going to try and take a a pot shot at them, somebody's going to roll something out in front of them and then they have to have some defensive driving. So that's why he's talking about being aware of your surroundings because just about everybody within 72 hours is possibly a threat. Okay, that's the key piece that I took out of that. But he also listed off several things that are of very, they're of great importance. A water, a one gallon, keep a one gallon, I would say keep a one gallon uh, jug of water in your car and rotate it out every week. Uh, Keep an empty Camelback uh, water bladder that can fit into your get home bag that's designed to go in that bag. And then he also listed out, besides the footwear, which is very key, you want uh, season-specific footwear. Most of the time, you can have tennis shoes. But what happens if the EMP occurs and it's raining? Okay, now you've got tennis shoes and you're slogging it out in the wet. So pay attention to what's going on. Maybe have a, a second set of shoes in the car that are waterproof, that are better for wet conditions Uh, if it's winter obviously a good pair of hiking boots your hiking boots could be waterproof as well so you might want to consider keeping both a good pair of hiking boots and a good pair of tennis shoes in your car in addition to the gallon of water the empty camelback water water bladder Um, but he also mentioned um, a waterproof jacket or coat uh, water purification kit a fire kit a knife now, I have a knife I keep in my bag. That that was one of the things that was kind of expensive, and I was really pissed about when that dude broke into my car and stole my bag. Um, but in part one, we know that he's armed, because he took an extra magazine out of the console, the center console in his Jeep. So make sure, you you know, obviously you've got your firearm with you, but now you also have a backup weapon. Of, it could be a weapon. You could use it for other purposes, like hunting or you're needed to, you know depending on the type of knife uh it can be a survival knife you can use it as part of your um uh, part of a means to an end to build a shelter if you're more than a day's walk away from home um and for that reason I think that there's a key piece missing uh from his get home bag and that's a tarp and uh some paracord I would I would possibly add those two things um he also mentioned a flashlight and uh An MRE uh, so food and snacks um, because you want to the whole point of the get home bag is to get you home but it's to get you home in good condition so that you can do the next phase which is get to your bug out location get to your alternate uh, space if you're not gonna stay uh, in your current residence like I am NOT staying in this house. That is not gonna happen. So, all right, let's go see what he's got for part three.
1: ...patch which I discuss in detail on the DVD. that has some small items like TP wipes, an emergency blanket, some pain medicine, things of that nature. Another common thing I see is people carrying battle rifles around in their vehicle or get home bag. That's just an extra 10 pounds you're gonna have to carry home and it'll bring you a lot of unwanted attention on your walk. Even if you live in the city, it'll be at least 24 hours before things start to fall apart. No one is starving or desperate yet. No one's going to be setting ambushes on day one. Having your EDC pistol and a spare mag is plenty for the first 24 hours after societal breakdown scenario. Even if you did come across some looting and rioting, just avoid them as best as possible. In the survival bug-out DVD and my preparedness guide, Survival Theory. I stress emphatically how you'll want to avoid getting into discussions with other travelers. This advice is mainly for after day two or three. It is perfectly normal to have brief conversations with other travelers on day one, as most people are going to be confused and unsure of what has just transpired. In my first book, the main character actually pulls his co-workers into the conference room and spends 10 minutes explaining to them what is actually going on and pleading with them to flee the big city. It's only natural to want to help those people around you. However, you want to keep those discussions brief. Your ultimate goal on day one is to get home to your family and get them out of town and to safety as quickly as possible. Again, I am describing the worst case scenario where your car breaks down or gets boxed in on your drive home from work and you're forced to walk the rest of the way. If you had a running vehicle in this situation and were able to drive it home, you'd want to do so immediately without passing go or collecting $200. If you live in the city or suburbs and have a running vehicle in this scenario, you must race home, grab your family, your gear, and immediately flee the city. Every hour that goes by after an EMP attack, you risk getting trapped in a traffic jam of cars fleeing the city.
0: (laughs) Alright, so I kind of gave you a good lead into part three, which was uh, some of my commentary before, uh, you know. Obviously, I, I don't know anybody who's driving around with a battle rifle. You know, uh, AR-10, AR-15, things of that nature. I, that just seems impractical. But maybe there are people out there that do that. I don't know. But, um, you know, if you're walking home, he's got a good point. If you're walking home and you're carrying something like that, um, you're now a target. So you're trying to go... Gray man. You're trying to be inconspicuous. You're just the one of the other people out on the street walking home. One of the one of the sheep. You want to be one of the sheep. And I I, I want to say that's what he's getting at. You want to be as inconspicuous and unnoticeable as possible and get home and just move on. Okay. So that's why you're not carrying conspicuous looking things. You know, you want a normal looking backpack or a day pack or whatever you're using for your get home bag. Uh, You know, you don't want your pack to be all tricked out and military because people are going to go, I'm following that guy. You don't want that. So, and then the other part of it was if you actually do find yourself with a functioning vehicle when nobody else does, get your shit and get out of town. Get going, because the longer you're there, the neighbors are going to see and hear you pull in. Because when there's an EMP, it's silent. There are no air conditioners running. There's no construction noises or vehicle traffic, tire noise, things. that It is going to be dead quiet. And your car running is going to tell everybody, you can actually go places. Now, you're only going to go as far as the fuel you've got, so be wary of that, and if you're of the preparedness mindset, you've got some jerry cans filled up ready to go. All right, let's go look at part four, and uh, then we're going to end the show, and then we'll look at the other four parts uh, in episode 62. All right, here we go. Episode. Here's part four.
1: This is why it's so important to have your family's bug-out bags packed and ready to go at a moment's notice. So to recap, if you have a running vehicle after an EMP attack, get home immediately and get out of town as quickly as possible. If you are forced to walk home and bug out on foot, my advice is to actually spend the rest of day one bartering with local shop owners for things you may need or items you never got around to purchasing beforehand. Some mom and pa stores in town may still be open for business and accepting cash. This is why it's so important to keep cash in a safe or hidden somewhere in your home. The first and most important thing you'll want to consider is where your children and other family members are. You'll need to decide, based on who works closer to their school, who's going to pick up which child on your walk home. Having this game plan beforehand will eliminate a lot of stress and confusion as you will know exactly where your children are and that they're being taken care of. If there's anything specific you need to get from a store you'll likely want to try and acquire it on your walk home. The more time passes without electricity more and more stores will close their doors for business. The most important consideration for your walk or drive home is going to be prescription drugs. If you or a family member need a certain prescription like insulin to survive you must make that your number one priority. If you wait too long to acquire the drug you need for your survival, it could be a fatal mistake as most drugstores are going to be ransacked by addicts as soon as they figure out the law and order is broken down.
0: Okay, more good content there. He brought up some very valid points. So in episode uh, 58, uh, when I was talking about Sean Mitzel's seven steps to preparedness, resiliency, and uh, self-sufficiency, uh, one of the first things that he talked about and that he espoused was having a game plan or I, sh- I shouldn't say the first thing, but many of his first one or two was about having a game plan, knowing who's got what responsibility to do x. and that's what he's talking about here. So whoever's closest to the school, whoever's closest to X or y or z is going to handle one, two, three, four things uh on their on their walk home, perhaps. Um, if if you've been doing it for a while, you maybe you don't need to stop by the mom and pop shops, but it's not a bad idea. If you're walking by and you see, hey, obviously we've had an EMP, and you go by a, a gas station, I know that in most chain gas stations like a Sheets or a Shell or a Sunoco or a Speedway, they've got all kinds of stuff in that store that's not vehicle related right so over by the cash registers in the one store that i frequent it's got batteries tampons condoms pain medication pepto-bismol all kinds of stuff like a little mini uh cvs okay if they're if they're conducting business on a cash basis i mean this might be a I don't know if I want to go from my broken down vehicle to my house to get to my stash of cash and then go back out. If I go home, I'm not going to want to go back out. Um, I, depending on your surroundings and your situation and how safe it feels, you're going to have to, that's about knowing your surroundings. Um, so those are those are valid things. We, we talk about them often it's you know it's it's right up there on par with making sure that all of your important documents are backed up you need to have that game plan and that's what he's he's talking about in this episode Um, but I will say if you've got somebody in your family that's insulin dependent man that's that's gonna be tough so William Forkston wrote the book one second after and in that book his daughter is insulin dependent and they did everything that they could uh to get her more insulin and you know how to keep the insulin refrigerated they wound up putting it like in the stream behind their house and and you know ultimately the insulin ran out and the the child died if you've got somebody that's insulin dependent you're going to watch them die and there's no way around that I hate to end the show on such a note but um uh so this is a good series i'm in, i'm enjoying um I'm, I'm enjoying the process of reviewing what they're putting out uh comparing it to what i've done maybe adding in some additional uh information or adding an additional item say to your your get home bag like a tarp in the paracord um but the shoes thing that was that was a good one i You know what? I I think I may have overlooked the shoe thing. So now I've plugged a hole in in my preparedness planning. So yay me. All right. So episode 61 will come out on Saturday. It'll be uh, a review of the 90 minutes of fiction that the president is going to spin in the State of the Union address. And uh, we're going to talk about Ukraine. And well, we'll see if there's anything else going on, but there might be some trucker convoy stuff to talk about too. Uh, and then there's always the gaffes, whatever Zippy tries to say and he uh, well, I, 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 you know what I mean anyway, um, you know, or you've got Cackling comrade uh, Kamala talking to us. So um, but that's it for episode 60. We're gonna do the, the next four parts. In episode 62, uh, 61 is going to be a review of the State of the Union, uh, trucker convoys in Ukraine, and anything else that piques my interest between now and Saturday. All right, guys, be good. Stay safe, stay warm. Keep your head on a swivel.
1: Happy Hunger Games. And may the odds be ever in your favor. <laughs>